Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. Alongside me, Marshall McLuso. What it do, baby? This is a special episode. This is number 100. The big 100. We started back on Halloween, Halloween October 31st, yeah. freshman year, in the uh, Harper, uh, what was it, Wyckoff? 702. No, it's Harper. Harper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harper wow. dorm room. Back, back back, when, yeah, you should see, see the setup we have now with like headphones and everything, got a new mic, but back when we were just recording straight off the laptop. What a yeah. time that was. <laughs> so hopefully the audio quality sounds a little bit better. <laughs> the takes are just as bad, exactly. but at least they sound better so now that you're humor, listening baby. to Yeah, so it's a little more professional. Yeah, so there you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> See, exactly. We didn't have that one back in episode exactly. numero so uno. Congratulations. Wait, wrong one. Congratulations yeah. to us. 100 episodes. Let's go. Uh, let's get right into it. There's a lot to talk about. I mean, I say this every week. I feel every like week. You've heard hey, this 100 times. The sports times. world just keeps on giving. Keeps going. Keeps going. We had two big playoff games, the AFC Championship, NFC Championship. Uh, the NFC Championship, I think we lost a little bit of money on. Um, yes, yes, we did. The Packers let us down. This is, the, this is my problem. Let me get this off my chest before we actually break down the game. <laughs> Fuck the Packers, man. Oh, I mean, this team torments me in the regular season. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks yeah, you, yeah. you watch. He makes it look easy. He chews up my defense. He always screws us over. And I remember back, I think it was 2011. It was a while ago. But we needed we needed a win and the Packers to beat the Vikings to get in the playoffs. So we won. So once again, I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for the Packers. It's like, come on, Packers. We need you to win so yeah, we can get yeah, in. Yeah, go, yeah. Pack, go. And, of course, they lost to the Vikings. And then the next week they play the Vikings again in the playoffs and they kick the crap out of them. It was like, oh, Dang. really, Packers? So this is this another is one of those situations. trauma. Yeah, Green Bay Packers this is another one of those situations. I picked the Packers last week. I wanted to put my money where my mouth was. There was a decent, you know, the line looked pretty good. So we're like, yeah, we're going to put yeah, money on the Packers. Yeah. I think that it was seemed like a no point. At home. Like, there's no excuse to lose that game. At home, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get yeah. into it. Yeah, let's and they, they screwed it, so. up. So, uh, yeah, I, you, you heard my piece, I guess. You can kind of yeah. dive in. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tom Brady, you know, probably definitely the greatest of all time. Uh, getting carried, uh... Carried by his defense, a tale as old as time. Uh, you know, it, it was it was a great game. It was a great game, honestly. The, the, I will say there was there's a lot of moments where I mean the Packers should have won this football game, man. Yeah. You, ha- you have you have the, t- the the touchdown to end the half kind of got forgotten. The Scotty Miller just down the yeah. sideline where it's like they they have to have known that was coming. That was like the Jets Raiders blunder that everyone's ripping them on. So there's that. Then you have, you know, okay, you're down, what was it, uh, 17-10, or tw- uh, 21-10, you know, 21-10, going into halftime, you're like, all right, it's fine, you know, we just got to score a touchdown, get the ball back, boom, boom, boom. First drive, you don't even get the first down yet, and your guy fumbles, and the next play, the Bucks score a touchdown. You're down 28-10. You make it all the way back from that. Tom Brady throws, throws three interceptions. I believe it was on three consecutive drives in the second half, and like, I don't even know if they got a first down on the three no, following three drives. Yeah, exactly. Them, yeah. It's like, like the, the Bucks like pretty much try to hand it to the Packers in this game, and then you have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, could have run in the touchdown towards the end of the game. I don't know if he could have made it or whatever. The kicking of the field goal, very questionable call. Uh, the defensive pass interference, another you know questionable call. Um, yeah, man, it just definitely felt like the better team lost this football game. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when it's all said and done 
uh, Aaron Rodgers' legacy, man. Dude's only got one yep. NFC title, and that's like as I I that's was the same amount Tom Brady had exactly. And I was in the I was in the camp where I was like, yes, Tom Brady has the accolades, and this was like. Uh, I believe they played in like a Sunday night game a while ago, and this is when I like the the debate really sparked up. Uh, and I was like, I was of the camp where like, yes, he has the accolades, but Aaron Rodgers, like, I would choose him to be my quarterback if I had to pick between one or the other. But like, I don't know if you can even say that anymore. Um, but yeah, man, the Packers, they they should have won this football game. I wanted to see them play against the Chiefs, and I'm telling you, it goes back. Your your backup quarterback didn't help you in this game. They if they they needed more better weapons. If you look at the receiver stats, you know Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling. As much as you know Green Bay can love those guys, like they needed another weapon on this team. You saw it. I mean Devontae Adams had a couple catches, but overall he was fairly neutralized in the game. And their offense just didn't look quite the same at times. Uh, they should have drafted better, and they should have done they should have done more to fix the holes in this team. Uh, because there were very few holes, but one they were glaring. I mean, Kevin King, that DB, yeah. was getting picked on all night. And, you know, so that, that's all I've well, said. Well, yeah, I mean, you touched on it. Out of all the quarterbacks, because there's four excellent quarterbacks. This is the best Final Four I can remember in, in a while. But he had the easiest road. You had yes. an old Tom Brady with a warm-weather team. He was missing Antonio Brown. Their secondary was banged up. You're at home. And that was it. Was the best team I, I thought roster wise. They looked they looked like the best team yeah, in after the regular season. Like, yeah. And I should have stuck to my take when I called them frauds and said they'd only win one playoff game. This is what happens yeah. when you admit you're wrong, people. But like, yeah, he said it. Everyone's gonna blame Matt Lafleur for kicking the field goal there. Was it a bad decision? Yeah, I mean, it statistically doesn't make sense. Like, I, making three yeah, stops. Yeah. Like my my thought process is if you kick if you go for it and you miss. You still, still got to stop them yeah, on three downs anyway, so you might as well try and tie the game there. But, like, you had three chances. You, Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the second, the same half. That never happens. Yeah, yeah. Never happens, and you blew it. Yeah, they blew it. They coughed up the ball a little bit too much. The Aaron Rodgers interception at the end was costly, and like you said, you mentioned, and that's what makes Tom Brady so great because like, between the two of them, like, Aaron Rodgers physically, he's the more physically gifted quarterback. So that's yeah. why it's an easy thing to say, like, yeah, I would rather have them too. Yeah. But Tom Brady knows how to win. That was a classic game of like he knew how to win a football game. See, but game. like I, you know, I agree. But the dude threw three picks on seven attempts in the second half. So I don't know if you can chalk it up to that. I think the defense played really well. For a three, the, yes. The Bucks defense played very well, and this is the definition of just heating up at the right time because they were fluctuating during the regular yeah. season. Well, yeah. I think. One, I mean, we said Belichick. There was always the Belichick argument, like, well, he has Belichick and those yeah. great defenses. Like the common denominator is Ben Tom Brady. So I'm going to give him credit where credit because he came over here and they still won. And considering this is going to sound stupid, but for a three interception performance, I actually thought he played pretty well. Like he made some really nice throws in the well, first half. It was half. a tale of two halves. He yes. played really. I think he played excellent in the first half. In the second half, he was not very good. Yeah, I mean, a couple of those could have been called. Like Mike Evans, probably was it high? Yes. He probably could have gotten it. The other one was a little bit of a jump ball. But, no, hey, you know what? They pulled it off, and you can keep writing them off all you want. But, like, this team, I think they have a chance against the Chiefs. We'll get into it in a second. But, yeah, if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers now, there's talks. I mean, he's very uh, passive-aggressive, I guess you could say, after the yeah. game. He's talked about I think he had a comment uh, today it was like on his future. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like, well, I'd like to be a Packer for life. That's how I envision myself. But, uh Nothing's for yeah. certain. I mean, you I mean, bring him back. Uh, you, you you look at the. I mean, I, first of all, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't um, 
But you look at the Packers, I mean, they literally went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and they're probably, I mean, I don't know about what's going to happen next year. I certainly think he could play at, high, at an elite level next year, but, like, they're going to get two rings off of 20 years of, like, absolutely greatness at the quarterback position. And that goes to, like, like the talent that they've surrounded their quarterbacks with. Uh, I just don't think it's been enough. Um, no, it hasn't. Yeah. And he's going to win the MVP this year. But, like, that game was actually, it, it was a knock on his legacy. Like, that's yeah, going to hurt looking won. back at yeah, it. Like, you should game. have more than one Super Bowl ring under your belt. Yeah. Especially but, with that team. That and, was the and year And Matt LaFleur, man, it, this, I feel like I keep saying this every week. With There's Kevin Stefanski, Matt LaFleur, uh, going back to Mike Vrabel and Frank Reich. Like, these are all really good coaches who, like, kind of, I don't know if they lost their way or they got caught deer in the headlights, but like, and we're going to talk about Sean McDermott, you know, at the, for the next game, but like, Matt LaFleur has been consistently very, very good at knowing when to go for it on fourth down and when to take your points, and like, that fourth, that kicking the field goal was a horrendously bad decision. Well, you know, what else was bad? Aaron Rodgers had a lane to the end zone. Yeah, well, I'm not excusing that. I'm not excusing that, but it's on Matt LaFleur. It's like, dude, you gotta... That would, yeah. yeah. We, we were watching and we're like, that was kind of... Are you serious? Yeah, it's like, like, you're gonna... You think your defense can stop Tom Brady on three consecutive plays, which they almost did, but, yeah, it's... Yeah. The, the whole thing on the last one, think? There's oh, some uproar about the last that. play... The I mean, it was a P.I., but there was a lot of better P.I. calls that they could have made in the game and they weren't calling them, which I was happy about. You know, they were letting them play, but that was that was P.I., but based on the way that they were calling the game in that moment, that late, they should not have. They should not have I hate when games come down to that. Exactly. It's it, like, but it was a play. He looked like Mr. Elastic getting pulled. Like well, it was the- like he pulls the shirt, but then the receiver sold it so hard, it looked like a, it was a flop by the end when he kind of like dives on the ground, but... I don't know. It's not something you yeah. can complain about. You did allude to this, uh, and I do want to give credit to that Bucks defense because that's two weeks in a row they have balled out. That Todd kid... Bowles, man. Yeah. Todd Bowles, I know he, he was not a great head coach, but defensive coordinator, that is his bread and butter, and I think that he his defense uh, has picked their moments to play very, very well. They're, I'll tell you who's impressed me, and it's a guy I knew about, but that White. Devin White. Devin yeah. White. Yeah. He, like, he heard of him before, he knew he was good, but like, the past two games, but he's all over. Yeah, yeah. That guy flies all over the, the, the field. And Vita Vea coming back was really That was honestly another really big part where the Packers really blew it, and I, well, I wouldn't say blow it, but they had injuries and they were banged up. Their offensive line got killed on Sunday. And coming like, up a week, they just dominated Aaron They Donald, got so killed. Like, like Shaq, Be- Shaq Vera is very good. I love that man. Super... Uh, you know, Broncos champion. He, Dominican Sue, Vita Vea, I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul, they were teeing off on this guy in a way where Aaron Rodgers didn't really feel comfortable all night. Uh, that definitely affected his play. And that's where, you know, context always matters. And those, you know, the, the, the three drives that he had to respond to Tom Brady, like, he was getting sacked a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I can't be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers blew this game. I think the Packers just blew it overall. Um yeah, they should have won this game. But yeah, you know, credit to the Bucks. Credit to the Bucks, man. And getting Antonio Brown back and hopefully they can get healthy for the Super Bowl, make it make it a competition. That'll be fun. Other game, the Chiefs Bills. And you know, I think Less the drama. Chiefs the, the Chiefs are the ultimate NBA team. They sleepwalk through the regular season. They're just built on superstars. And then the postseason comes and they flip the switch, which is hard to do in football. It's nearly like impossible. And I thought it was gonna I, I thought it would be a lot closer. I the Chiefs winning that one, but 
the red zone defense had been questionable. The red zone offense had also been sputtering, and the Bills' red zone defense had been very had looked good the last couple of weeks. Patrick Mahomes with the gimpy uh, foot and everything. It's like, well, how good is he going to be? The defense had some question marks, but man, he, they they went out there and they picked him apart. And they got they were down by nine and they did not panic. At no point mm-hmm. did you think, oh, this mm-hmm. game's going to get away from them. It, that was just that, that was a clinic on how you do things. They look like a juggernaut right now. That that was yeah. that was an impressive win they pulled off. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think the the Bills defense definitely. I mean, they 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 played well against. Um, who was it last week? Uh, the Ravens. They played really well against the Ravens, but the Bills' defense was a large part of that team that, like, generally went unfocused on as they were not very good this year. They were, like, pretty middle, middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, and they, it looked like they were bad this week. Uh, Josh Allen. I'm, oh, oh, so my main point for this game, and it was going to the Packers game, football is seeing a new era of analytics and I know a lot of people are like talking about like the nerds and stuff and I think a lot of them they are nerds but a lot of the times they're right I think you saw it in baseball a while ago and now it's been general generally accepted of these like you know advanced analytics you've seen a little bit coming to basketball that we're gonna see a lot more of this uh in in football we've already started to see it and the coaches that do not get on board the ship will get left behind and they will coach bad teams because kicking those field goals both instances for the Bills, that that cost them the game. And I know Sean McDermott had he had a uh, 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 a quote at the end, at, uh, after the game where he was talking about the field goal he kicked before the half, and he was saying that he wanted to get points on the board to get some morale. And it's like, dude, respectable losses don't count for anything. I think that's that's. I disagree there. No, dude, I... like, and it it cost them. It cost no. them the game. No, it you... cost them is they couldn't get a stop on defense. I no, think but you, you, you go, have... come away with no. no points there against Patrick Mahomes. You need all the points. That's you can the get. risk you have to take. If you score, a that touchdown, wasn't a high probable chance of scoring though. If you no, but there were two field goal possessions where you you had to act as if it was four down territory because and it, it the game slipped away from them. It, it's well, not like the one it's was not like, like fourth and twenty eight near the end of the game, so it was like you might as well you had to kick the field. No, goal that, that, the one that was not that that one was not. It, it it was fourth and sub eight. I know that. And where it's are it, you talking about the one before halftime or the what other one? I know there's the one before halftime. What was the other one? You're there was one in the third quarter, I believe. Well, I know the we, one before we, halftime. I think that was the right decision because if you don't it get lost points, them the there, game. No, I mean, because what if they missed? If they didn't pick up the touchdown, then it would then it would have lost by three less points than they already lost by. No, if their defense, you know, stopped them. But that wasn't going to happen. And if you looked at the game, and that's beat, why you take the, the points when you can. No, dude, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like taking the points there. It's you are already at a massive disadvantage because you were playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs with a defense that is not equipped to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Therefore, you got to take some high-risk, high-reward situations, and that is one of them. This is playoff football. This is one week, you win or go home, and that Sean McDermott should have known that kicking a field goal and getting 13 points on the board is not going to be good enough. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care. But Taking if the you points, don't miss morale. it, so, but the one right before the half, there's, they only had time for one play. The, the chances are they weren't going to score that touchdown. I don't yeah, remember the exact no scenario, points. but I think they should have acted as if they needed a touchdown there. And, and the they third settled quarter, for a maybe, field goal. that's one thing. I think when you have one play left on the clock, I had no problem with them kicking the field goal there. 
I disagree. I disagree. And that's where it's like, see, but like, I, I, you know, you, I've seen this movie before. I've seen the Kansas City Chiefs play so many times. And there's been a lot of teams that make plays. Like, when you're facing a good team like this, a great team like this, like, you have to put some money on the line. You have to put your money where your mouth is. Like, the, the, kicking the field goal. And it doomed well, them. They it were doomed moving, them. What they, I think his thought process was they were moving the ball pretty good in the first half. Like they, they they did a decent job moving it. They're like, we're gonna get more opportunity to score down the road. I'm gonna take the guaranteed points while I can instead of rolling the dice. Now, if it's like you gotta roll the dice, man. If you want to, if if he Frank if you Reich wanna... did the same thing, and the Colts ended up losing by three. If they they would have kicked that field goal before halftime, there's there, a lot of there there is a that, that is a story. totally different scenario though because you're not playing Patrick Mahomes. That's the point here. If you're playing Patrick Mahomes. With a not top ten defense, not top five defense, like you're gonna have to put, you're gonna have to have some fourth down decisions where you're gonna have to go for extra points because if he, he should have seen this game, there was no, there was no remote chance that the Kansas City Chiefs were gonna get stopped by that defense anytime soon. Well, that's got that that can't be how you're thinking as a head coach, though. You gotta no, think realistically. They couldn't. Get I think a stop. realistically they could get one. They can make one damn stop. I don't think that's too much. It didn't to ask really happen defense. though. I mean, no, it didn't end up that way. But like, exactly. it was a relatively. What was the score at halftime? Was it twenty-one to? Hold on, we'll pull up this. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Well, regardless, I mean, I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of and 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 you see it with Andy Reid and, and Andy Reid and a lot of other coaches that just they just understand even the Packers in the regular season even though Matt Lafleur had a bad Sunday with that one decision. The Packers went for it plenty of times, even though they were at an advantage a lot of times because they know that kicking the field goal is not going to serve them overall going forward. You can say, like, take the points all you want, and obviously sometimes you want to do that. Same with extra points, but there are going to be a lot of times moving forward where it's just more advantageous to take no, to okay, roll, your, I, roll yes. the dice with one play to score seven. If you're at, like, the 40-yard line and it's between, like, punting or what, yeah, then fine, I, I'd say go for it. Or if there was, like, three minutes on the clock, and you're down there, and you might get another chance if you stop them and miss, then that's another thing, too. But there was it was the last play before the half. They were near, like, the 15-yard line or whatever it was. That's a hard play to score. That's a lot to ask from your quarterback to score on that play. I, I, I think they, they cut the cut it made it to 21-12 to 12 game. That's still doable coming down in halftime. I, mean, I don't. Know. Uh, I don't like the decision. I. I think it. You know. I think it was a very poor decision. Uh, and I think, like, ultimately, I mean, what was it? It was uh, fourth and goal at the Kansas City two with 11 seconds left. You're gonna kick that field goal at the two yard line. You don't trust Josh Allen or one of your guys to put seven seconds. on the board. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They probably should have gone for it. And then later <laughs> on, later on. You're down 24-15. That one, yes. Yes. That one, I agree with. The one at the half, at the Kansas City 8. That one, okay. I think both those things. I think the one before halftime, though, you take the points. Because when you don't take points in a playoff game, they always come back to bite you. Yeah, man, when you don't. This, this, they, Sean McDermott. Or it's 24-15. Sean McDermott, he just, like, watched the, the, the chances just fade away. And, like, I understand that if you don't go for it, if you go for it and you don't get it, you're at a severe disadvantage, but like this man, he had to have thought that like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do some things out of the ordinary to beat this team. No, I yeah I agree. So the the third quarter one, I'm with you. I feel like though before halftime though, it's good to get some points on the board. Do you take you take the points 
That's yeah, exactly what Sean McDermott thought. And they got blown out. They never had a chance. They well, never that had a wasn't chance. All, that, that one decision decided to... No, I, I think that would have helped, though. You can get two well, yards for a touchdown. Well, how about they scheme up a better defense or Josh Allen doesn't throw a red zone interception? They had plenty more opportunities to make that a game. Yeah, that but those are, those are things you can't control. To. This is a thing that you can set yourself up for success. I'm telling you, though, it's already started to happen. It, yeah, the, Doug Peterson was the forefront of analytics. He went for two, the most out of any coach, and he's out of a job now. So Yeah, because he, he and his quarterback hated each other, and they don't have any healthy wide receivers, and their defense sucks. I mean, the, the analytics aside. Carson like, Wentz wouldn't have hated him so much. They took more points. That is, so that's Carson Wentz would hate him so much if he didn't hate Carson Wentz for throwing a lot of interceptions. Regardless, I think, I mean, we're going to... playing hero ball at the end of the game because they didn't take the points, and they're like, ah, shit, we're so trailing stupid. like... <laughs> that's so stupid. I'm telling you, though, like, I, I, like, I've watched... I'm telling you, I, the Broncos have lost to Chiefs 10 straight times. If you get to the red zone, you think, hmm, yeah, let's just kick the field goal. You will lose the game. You will lose the game. I hope Arias isn't making the mistake... I don't really know who I'm rooting for in the Super Bowl. That is a tough but, uh, one. I don't know either. That's I will a, say for for the Super Bowl, we'll we'll get into the uh we'll get into the uh the, the the deeper breakdown a week ahead. I'm sorry, we don't have any Pro Bowl breakdown for you guys here, the virtual Pro Bowl. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, I hope Jerry Judy wins this Madden game, I'll tell you that much. Um <laughs> No, but I think I think the Chiefs are gonna run away with it. I don't think so. I think no, I think they can. I think Tom Brady can hang with them. We already saw him in New England. That 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 team he had in New England was not as good as the Buccaneers team he has right now. And they. Won I think that the Chiefs game. team was not as good as they were now, though. Basically the same. No, I mean that was Pat Mahomes' first year. He wasn't. He had good. the same weapons. Yeah, but that was their first year all together. Now they've. they've Are they a little bit better? Now. Yes, I. Th- you know, yeah, Mahomes is obviously better. better, but I. I, I wouldn't. I think this will be a close one. This one's gonna be a dog fight. I could see it come down to the. Final I mean, possession. I think that the you've watched the Chiefs play two quality football teams. Yeah. Good Those football teams. Those are both teams. good. They're, they're a playoff the run. Brown, the Browns and the Bills, like, are two really good football teams. And if Pat Mahomes doesn't get hurt against the Browns, they're running them out of the building. Well, that was impressive and, because of the fact Mahomes got hurt, was yeah. clearly playing at 50%. They had the backup come in and pulled off the win. Yeah, and then they this still one, they pulled that one off. Very good but I'm Bills telling team. you, if the Chiefs were healthy against that Browns team, that game is No, that should have been a blowout earlier. Yeah. Same with the Bills. I mean, the Bills were in this game. And regardless of like any decisions, like this, that was a game where after the after honestly after the Chiefs took the lead after the nine nothing lead, there was zero doubt in a lot of people's minds that the Bills that the Chiefs were going to win that game. I mean, they, they that that was a game where it, like the score wasn't so uh, you know out of it, and the Bills you know scored a touchdown late or whatever. But like there was there was not there was a very little chance the Bills were going to win that. No, going to the fourth quarter where it's thirty one fifteen. That's what you have. Yeah, it's a wrap. And I, I think, I, I mean, the Chiefs are just too good, man. Well, Chiefs are just too good. You kind of, the Bills' problem was they're like, we are going to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes and we're, we're, we're going to go after him. Problem with that is you had Tyree Kill one-on-one the whole game and yeah. Tredavious White, it's like, oh, good luck with that. Yeah, Tredavious White, you, he's so good, but he's that, not great. That makes Patrick Mahomes' job a lot easier when you have, Travis Kelsey one on one and Tyree Kill one on one, both of whom have monster games. So I'll be interested to see interested to see what Todd Bowles does on defense. Because it's kind of like the catch twenty two where like you can play back in coverage, but if Mahomes is just sitting there, you know eventually Tyree Kill's yeah. gonna get open. But if you're blitzing everyone and you're leaving a guy on an island, 
that's tough too. I, I think what you have to do is kind of what Belichick did is going to be one of those two guys. I would say Tyree Kill between the two. You're like, this guy's not going to beat us. You double yeah. team him, and you're like, if Kelsey's going to beat us, that's fine. But we're we're double teaming Tyree. The thing Kill. about the Chiefs that is so difficult though is that, and you saw it a lot of times. I mean, there was that one throw where Matt Milano has Mahomes spinning to the ground, and he still gets off a pass to uh, Travis Kelsey where. Kelsey uh, and Tyreek Hill are so – their chemistry with Pat Mahomes is phenomenal. And it's one of those things where, you know, you run your route, and you you can see it so many times. I mean, the a really good example was the touchdown to win the game against the Raiders, where they run their route, and they realize, yeah, this is not going to work. And so Pat Mahomes does a little scramble, and then these guys just find a hole in the defense, and they just get open. It's so – I mean, it's so frustrating as a defense to watch these guys – where you, you 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 got their play, you figured out their play, and you dealt with it correctly, but he scrambles, and then you lose sight on one of these guys, and all of a sudden, that's a 15-yard game. It's insane. They're so good. And the defense is, defense is slept on. I mean, Josh Allen, man, he only put up like 24 points, and a couple of that was in garbage time. So, you know, they're, they're a scary team. Very scary. The other thing, I this is a side note, kind of too, but this kind of bothered me. Bruce Arians had some quote. Where he was like, oh, you know, I let Tom kind of take over for coaching. We're letting Tom be Tom, unlike he was able to in New England. He's kind of taking a pot shot at Bill Belichick. Listen, I'm not a big Bill Belichick guy either. You know, he's kind of a grumpy old Republican. Not my type. But <laughs> um, Bill Belichick had Cam Newton in a very bad roster. There's oh, Cam yeah. Newton coming off an injury. I think he did a pretty good job coaching this year at 7-9. and nine. And also, I think it worked out pretty well for him and Tom Brady in New England considering there's six Super Bowls and ten appearances. So, like, who are you, Bruce Arian, to yeah, come out no, and take I... this veiled shot at Bill Belichick like that when you haven't won anything? You're sitting yeah. there with your eyes. Yeah, I no, I agree. I mean, that was kind of the thing. I know a certain uh, – what show is he on? Uh, Undisputed. Uh, a certain undisputed member is always talking about how, like, Brady winning tarnishes Belichick's legacy. It's like, no, Brady recognized that their roster is garbage now. Like, it's bad. It's it, They have no, they have, there's no position group on that team where you're like, wow, they have some solid some, guys yeah. out there. Besides Stephon Gilmore, like, that team is a bunch of scrubs. And Tom Brady saw it and said, yeah, I'm out of here. He had no want, weapons. He's yet. like, yeah, I want to go to a team where they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and they can get Leonard Fournette and, oh, we'll just get Rob Gronkowski, get the band back together. Yeah, no, I, 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 I yeah, I, I, I don't think, I have not had any less respect for Bill Belichick because of this run. And does it look better for Brady? Is he winning the divorce? Yes. But that yeah. doesn't mean, like, the other, I don't know, that doesn't take away with the other person. Yeah. I don't know what Bill did. Anyway. Uh, what else is there? I believe that's it. I mean, we got the JT Real Muto signing. Yes, with the Phillies. Phillies got they they re-signed him. Uh, the Twins just got uh Simmons from the Angels. They signed him as a free agent. I don't yeah. know, not many shortstops. Simeon, uh, to the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Yeah, we'll talk about this really quick. We we broke the news in the podcast as it happened. John Lester signing with the Angels. I I, I wrote an article about this, but I I want to talk about it here, and we'll get your your kind of thoughts oh, yeah, too. Yeah. I think the Cubs did John Lester dirty. Um, and I, I'm not a Cubs fan either, but when you have a guy who took the leap of faith into a losing organization, yeah, they're still bad. They're still he bad. was the first, they had a below 500 record the year before. And John Lester, World Series veteran, you know, he'd been around the block, been to All Star games. He's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take the leap of faith and sign with you guys. He changed the culture around there. He made two All Star games. 
He was NLCS MVP, pitched in some huge games for him, and like I said, he was kind of like the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, and got helped bring a World Series to Chicago for the first time in 108 years on the North Side, I should say. Um, and you're not gonna, I don't know. He wanted to come back. He said he wanted to come back. He was willing to take a reduced deal. He yeah, he even gave him a second chance when the Nationals gave him an offer. Uh, and I, I said Angels before. He went to the Nationals, by the way, folks. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. said that a slip there. But uh, he, uh, yeah, he's like, hey, I'll give you guys one more chance. I really want to come back. And they can't scrounge up $4 million to give him. Like, and I get, the, I get the arguments like Cubs fans are like, well, he's not good anymore. Well, it's like, well, you traded you Darvish, and you're about to trade Chris Bryant. You're not trying to be good next year. Like, let the guy ride off in the sunset. You're paying him either way, too, because he had the $10 million buyout. You can't scrounge up $4 million. It makes him look cheap. It's kind of a joke. I think the man wanted to stay a Cub for life. He should have let him finish out his last two seasons in Chicago or whatever it was. I, I just think yeah, it made the Cubs look cheap, and it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, no, I agree with all points there. I think the Cubs, I, I, I disagree. And it's too bad, too. I saw... um. I saw who was oh it was uh Jeremy Jeffries and he's a free agent he has had a lot of suitors he was a good reliever um mm -hmm. and uh, someone was saying something about you know him leaving and he said he he basically was just like I don't want I just want to play man like I don't want to particularly leave I'm not dying to get out of Chicago I mean Chicago Cubs are a great organization there's a lot of players who want to play for them a lot of history there um great fans and everything and it's like the food is great in chicago it's a great summer yeah city. i mean yeah it's, it's an awesome place to be it's an awesome place to play, play baseball and it's and john lester know that he wants to he wants to finish out there i don't understand why not and i think that was the first thing that was on my mind where it was like we traded you darvish up we just freed up a bunch of cap space and i like you said it's not like we're dying to compete right now obviously as we're shipping off all of our great players uh so it's like yeah let's you know sign, sign lester bring him back uh hometown hero everyone loves him um i don't really yeah it's just like said and if it's like okay ricketts if it's like if you don't have enough money to pay this guy then sell the team already i mean yeah, it, was, like, it was like four million dollars them being in debt which i think i read there he's close to a billion dollars in debt it's like why it's not the cubs fault that you bought all this real estate around wrigley field and did all these renovations and that that that's why they're in debt right now is because he was buying up all this land you're right. If you can't pay these guys, then you got to sell the team. Yeah. And the, the fans it's should be suffering simple. for that. And also, what type of message is it sending to future yeah. free agents? It's like, oh, this is how you're going to treat your guys like after you've been putting all this work for you? I don't know. Yeah, and, I, and, 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 and the really frustrating thing is that Tom Ricketts said at the last, Cub, at the last Cubs con that they're not tearing anything down this yeah. offseason. And it's like, well, I don't know what there is going to be left because it seems like Chris Bryant's out the door. I mean, JT Realmuto just signed with the Phillies. That's one less suitor for Wilson Contreras. I mean, you it, it's so frustrating, too, because you look because Hugh's name was popping up, and you look at the – he and Wilson Contreras are the only two catchers in the recent in recent years to post uh, double-digit war numbers. And I believe – I don't know if it was a whole league or just the NL. Probably um, just the NL. Yeah, I think it was just the NL. Where it's like, dude, it's like this – is so frustrating i thought they were gonna reload i thought we were gonna have a less talented team than we did last year and i was bracing for that but i didn't just think that we we're gonna be like the 2013 cubs now you know what i mean like just throwing a bunch of boobs out and there. i remember in 2019 going to one of those crosstown games and it was when the white Sox are still up and coming obviously the cubs were competing for the division it's like oh man this is gonna be fun the next couple of years because both teams are finally gonna be good at the same time Base, the Chicago is going to be a great baseball city. 
And now it seems to be the complete opposite. And what's funny is, too, Jerry Reinsdorf on the other side of town, who is well-known as, like, cheap owner. Like, that's his thing. Like, Jerry doesn't like to pay anyone. He doesn't. That's why everyone was ripping on him for not signing Manny Machado. And yet they're dishing all, all this money to Liam Hendricks and uh, all these free agents. And <laughs> you got the Cubs on the other side of town selling off all their great assets. Yeah, former it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, we we won the freaking division last year. The, the NL Central was not like the crown jewel, and we could definitely win it again and no, make another playoff yeah. run. But here we are. No Darvish, no Caratini, no Schwarber. You know, Lester's gone. Chris Bryant's going to be a Met or a Blue Jay in the next two weeks, and hopefully Wilson Contreras says. I mean, I even heard about Kyle Hendricks' trade rumors. I'm like, they're they're desperate to ship off everyone. And I understand that we have a pretty good farm system, and I've heard a lot of great things about the prospects that we've been picking up recently, but like, sheesh, man. The, the, the windows of contention don't need to close that, close that hard. Just look at the Bears. They're still hanging on to what talent they had left. They're still Ugh. doing their best to make a playoff run. Well, Matt's dad, oh, you know, okay. Oh, so yeah. You, that, this is good. This is yeah. good, actually. That is a good segue. Uh well well first let's talk about the the new some of the new head coaching hires one for the Detroit Lions and the man Matt Campbell I I'm convinced was it Matt Campbell or Dan Campbell Matt Dan Campbell they hired Dan Campbell I'm convinced the Lions thought they were hiring Matt Campbell from Iowa State and they <laughs> hired the wrong Campbell they thought they were getting the college guru the guy came out in his press conference if you didn't hear the soundbite he goes oh. We're gonna if we get knocked down, we're gonna bite a kneecap off, and we're gonna get up, and they're gonna have to push us down twice. Then we'll bite another kneecap off, and then if they take us down again, we'll take another chunk out of his leg. I think yeah. he thought he was gonna be a lion trainer. Like they're like, hey, you want to coach the lions? He thought it was for like a circus or something. <laughs> and the lions owners are like, circus? Yep, that's our franchise. Yeah, so he player, thought he's training actual lions. His players are gonna be getting catching assault charges on the field. It's absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at some of these guys. Uh, the the Eagles got the Colts offensive coordinator who didn't even call the plays for a pretty okay offense. Mm -hmm. It's like, wh what do you, what are these guys doing out here? I mean, I you know, hey, to each their own. You know, they can they can hire whoever head coach they want to. But uh, we got a guy who sounds like a former felon. The other dude who just carried a clipboard for a couple of years, and all of a sudden he's there. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Eric Bieniemy for the Chiefs, Chiefs offensive coordinator. He's getting screwed over. And he's I getting think... screwed over. And I want him to leave because I want the Chiefs to be less good. But He's this is well, Andy Reid coaching tree. Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson did this man a disservice because they're like, oh, we've seen this movie before. Matt Nagy was the calling plays yeah, for, yeah, for a game cool, too. Cool, and look yeah, how yeah. that worked Doug out. Doug Peterson was a mastermind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. want him ruining our quarterback too. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Poor, poor XP. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt but, Stafford. Yeah, Matt Stafford. Could be the Broncos quarterback. Could be the Bears quarterback. <sighs> we both want him. We both need him. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, though. If it takes any more, if we give up, if we don't give up our first-round pick this year, I'm fine with it. But if they want the number nine pick this year, I'd say no. I think the Broncos are playing, we're going to be playing Matt Mahomes and Justin Herbert for the next eight years. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's so like, a gunslinger. Yeah, you, you, I, I'd say you're either game managing with Drew Locke's not going to cut it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they I think what they they can either run it back with Drew Locke this year and just see if he's the next Josh Allen, and if not, you get a top five pick next year. Uh, you can reload the quarterback. If they want to go for a Zach Wilson, Justin Fields trade up or something like that. Maybe they slide down to him, go for it. Um, but like, I, I don't, I don't think 
Matt Stafford's a band-aid fix. I think they should sell the farm for Deshaun Watson if they can, but if they can't do that, then it's either going to be Drew Locker or your rookie. I'll give you a couple quarterbacks. Play a little quarterback for that. You tell me if you want him as your franchise quarterback next couple years. The Broncos got this guy. You're like, yay, nay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll keep keep Drew Lock. I guess you could say. So we'll start. We'll start. Uh, let's do uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. I, I would definitely take Sam Darnold. I think he's gotten screwed over. I think I will say I think the Jets are going to hang on to him. Uh, Robert Selah had some good praise for Sammy. Um, I, I think, think they should keep. Uh, I think I you think draft Devontae Adam or uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah, no, Smith, yeah. Devontae Smith, uh, that uh, number two overall pick. Man, you, you give Sammy a little weapon there. Yeah. And there, there you go. Yeah, I think they needed they needed a, a culture change over there, and I think they definitely they got a really good one in Robert. Sayle. It was refreshing too. His press conference where he's like, "I want these guys to put the best tape out there because that's how they're going to get paid." Yeah. I'm gonna help him do that. As a player, it's like, oh yeah, that's what I want to hear. That 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 sounds what a it's player's crazy coach too. Because I kind of forgot. You know, you like, I'm like, yeah, the Jets, the Jets could be good. Like, this is not something that would be the worst thing in the world. I have nothing against the Jets. They've just been complete dumpster fire for the past three, four years. Um, yeah, I think they should keep Sammy. Actually, I, but I, I I would take Sammy. Yeah, I would take Sammy. All right, on. Justin Fields. Justin Fields could be your next quarterback. I don't know, man. There's some stuff on his tape that I really like. There's some stuff on his tape that I'm not a huge fan of. I think that he Oh, I don't know. I would I would I would take him. I would take him. I would definitely see I feel like he's got a lot of really good assets around him, but I think just there's so much difficulty and they really you know, goes from the good quarterbacks to the bad quarterbacks is looking off your first read. Mm. If you can't do that, you're not going to make it in the NFL. And we've seen a lot of examples of that. And I think he's I mean, he he only really it's it's hard though because he only really had like this this uh, he, how much did he play last year? He played the full year last full year. Year. He was the Heisman year. race. Yeah, you're not even watching enough college football. He was with Georgia and he transferred over to him. Yeah. So he's been there two years. So I had my doubts on him. The Clemson game was really impressive. And I remember if you haven't listened to this interview yet, you should. Dorm Room Dispute Exclusive. We interviewed uh, Kevin Cook, who was one of the defensive coaches over at Northwestern. And I was asking him about, about planning for him, and the man had high praise. I haven't checked that out, but like he, he was like, yeah, this dude is hard. He was, this is the hardest guy we had to prep for, uh, obviously, all season. Just the athleticism and arm strength and the toughness he showed there, that's what you want from an NFL quarterback. Now, obviously, it's a lot easier in college when you yeah. have all these weapons. And the first look thing is a real yeah. thing. So he does like to lock into this, his first guy. But I think you'd get you have a playmaker there. Yeah. Uh, with like Drew Locke is not really the mobile, like explosive. He, you know, electric. I mean, he, he could run, but. You know, he's no Justin Fields. All right, well, yeah. Matt Stafford. Uh, yeah, Matt I mean, Stafford? he's a, he's like, I think the Broncos can make the playoffs as Matt Stafford, but it's like, it's like, what's your ceiling going to be? You know, Justin yeah. Fields and Zach Wilson, ceiling could be Justin Herbert. The ceiling could be, you know, Patrick Mahomes, dare I say. You don't really know what you're going to get out of these guys. Whereas Matt Stafford, I think your ceiling is 9 to 10 wins, sliding into a road. Uh, wild card, and then you got to win three straight world games to make the Super Bowl against some very yeah. quality teams. Which I, I and I, I want to see Matt Stafford succeed. I truly do, and I think he could do it in like Indy or San Francisco. But like, I Denver's don't know. Too much of an uphill climb. So out of all those quarterbacks I named, and you could throw in Zach Wilson to the mix too. Who who would you want as a quarterback? Because assuming Deshaun, obviously Deshaun's I, the if, number one. But yeah, like, if I had obviously Deshaun is number one. But if I had to pick a quarterback to run it back with next to run it next year. Um, it, it's hard. I don't know anything about the 2022 quarterback class. 
If there was a Trevor Lawrence in there somewhere, I'd say run it back with Drew Locke. Um, and then, like, if he, he's either good and that's cool, or he's either bad and then you can just get a really high draft pick. Yeah. Um, I would probably go – I'm honestly going to say Zach Wilson. I actually really like Zach Wilson. I think he's got, like, a ton – of arm strength, arm strength, mobility. Um, he's got a lot of really good things in NFL quarterback. Uh, he was explosive. The hard part is he was not facing as tough of competition as the Justin Fields of the world. Um, I'd probably go with Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, one of those two. I like Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson feels like to go like the third best quarterback. He feels kind of like the Mitch Trubisky. I'm not saying he's going to be. I think he's much better than Mitch Trubisky. He had a much better college career than Mitch Trubisky. But, like, that would be the, the – if the Bears took him, which I don't even think they will, they're going to go way higher, I don't know. He, ha- he has those, like – you're rolling the dice a little bit because I feel like he's probably the third best quarterback in that draft because you don't know what you're going to get because he was facing weaker competition. Against Colts of Carolina, uh, not the best tape out there. That being said, Josh Allen, I remember seeing him in college with Wyoming. It's not like his numbers were that yeah, great. Zach Wilson yeah. was a lot better than him. So, you never know. We'll, we'll see how it happens. Final topic of the day, really quick. Checking in on the NBA, uh, obviously LeBron's been balling. Uh, the Nets, any, any, after watching a couple games of that big three, any last thoughts hey, on them? I'll, I'll give you guys some free money advice, some free betting advice. Go to the Nets game every night. Go to the prop bets. Go to the opposing center. Cash the over. Make money. Here you go. Their, their interior defense is horrendous. I mean, they're looking at, uh, I saw they were interested in JaVale McGee and Kevin Love. They're scraping. Kevin Love's not solving. That would be a exactly. good addition, but he's not solving yeah, he's your paint protection yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, That's your solve. rim protector. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. I will say one thing, though, for the Nets. As much as I want to dislike them, like, I don't really dislike them. I think Kyrie is kind of weird. Love or hate James Harden, love or hate Kevin Durant. I, I like those guys. I'm not, like, actively rooting against them. I think they are piling it on or whatever, but it's just the way it is these days, I suppose. Um, but, dude, like, their defense is so bad. Their defense is, is so bad. bad. You saw it against the Cavs. The Cavs were, like, the 29th-ranked offense, and they looked like the, the prime bulls out there or something. Like, I they, they turned Colin Sexton into a, a superstar. He looked like a star, yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, bro, like this that 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 is tough. Bam had a bio drop like forty some on him, and because they just have no answer for anyone crashing. It's true. Room. No, that's a great. They Jordan is kind of floundering there. He is way past. Yeah, Jack, they got and, and, way past and his prime. They got Jeff Green, and if I'm Jeff Green at the beginning of the year, I'm like, all right, man, I'll play like twelve minutes a game. I'll get some spot up threes, play a couple of solid possessions of defense, and like cruise my way to the finals and then they're like all right jeff you're gonna be our main rim protector in the paint you're like what i did not sign up for and this you man. had your guy in jared allen like that was the perfect guy like just block shots gets rebounds doesn't need a whole like you know he yeah. can score but i i wouldn't have included him in that trade package but it was for james harden so what are you gonna do um and all this free money basketball fights that was a very good prop pick by I think I'm going to try that because I was looking at it and they it keeps hitting the over. Also, the over in the Nets games overall, like points-wise, those have hit like those 10 straight do. in a row. If you want another sneaky one, I've been very successful with this team. Vegas has not caught up with the Chicago Bulls yet. 
If they're playing, now they're playing like a top tier team, I'd lay off, but they've been underdogs nearly every game they've played. They were underdogs against Charlotte. They're underdogs against the Kings. There's like pretty good spread. It's a lot of money making opportunities the Bulls. They play Cleveland coming up. That'd be a good one to jump on. Keep keep watching out for them because uh, Vegas is yet to catch up with the Chicago Bulls. So you can easily. I mean, the one game they haven't covered. I mean, they didn't cover against the Celtics. And the other one they almost covered against the Lakers. They're that uh, overall this year. They have a very good record against the spread. So there you go. Happy 100th episode. You yeah. have a favorite, you, favorite, uh, favorite moment looking back. Best I think take it's the, you think the Cody Parkey. Yeah. The Cody Parkey one, <laughs> could... we call him that. Um, the best take, I'm, 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 still, I'm still saying, man, I picked the Heat and the Nuggets to do some really good things in the bubble, and I was right there. I was right there. I call, I'm... I call it the Heat Buck series. I was happy about that one. I'm going with the Astros goat debacle rant. That, oh, that was yes, great. Yes, that, that was my that's personal one. favorite. That was, <laughs> More that recent was, one. Yeah, that was. Uh, I feel like that was still a pretty good analogy. Pretty good oh, analogy. it still holds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still yeah. holds up. Well, all right. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us all yeah. all of these episodes. Yeah, we'll totally crank on a couple Appreciate more. It, yeah, next week if you haven't already, uh, check us out on Spotify. Listen to the Unhinged Sports Network. We're on Wednesdays at 5 o'clock. So give a listen. You can hear live. And we'll also, if you missed the interview with Kevin Cook, it'll be on that as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Have a wonderful rest of your week.